What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Dan Favalli. Remember to search Blue Wire Buckets in iTunes or Spotify for more NBA content. Hey, hi, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Hardwood Knox podcast. If you were here for the first take, which you were not, I am Dan Favalu, who cannot pronounce his own <laughs> last name, coming at you with one of my esteemed co-hosts, Mo DeKeel. Before we dive into one, Mo making fun of me, and two, the Toronto Raptors and Milwaukee Bucks long-term outlooks and maybe some Nick slandering here, uh, just my episodic plea, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Hardwood Knox podcast on iTunes. We can be found wherever else you consume your podcast, but iTunes is still the best way to let us know that you are out there, that you are listening, that we are not yelling into the great void, and if you're one of our recent commenters, to let us know that we're apparently pretentious, which I'm not sure why that was an actual thing. So everyone, if you've done all that, we also appreciate shoutouts on Twitter. You can steal people's phones and subscribe them to the Hardwood Knox podcast for us. Be sure to follow Hardwood Knox on Twitter at Hardwood Knox. You can follow Mo on Twitter because you should, if you don't already, at Mo DeKeel underscore MBA. That's at M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore MBA. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Favale, F-A-V-A-L-E. Andy, who doesn't love you enough to be here, is at Andrew D. Bailey, spelled exactly as it sounds. And finally, if you have not checked out the Blue Wire Podcast Network yet, we encourage you to do so. We pump out a lot of great content over there, a ton of fantastic NBA podcasts, NFL podcasts, a bunch of other stuff too. Follow Blue Wire on Twitter as well at Blue Wire Pods. With all those housekeeping notes out of the way, we get to the question that I think everyone wants to know. Mo, how are you doing? That's not the question everybody wants to know. They want to know, Dan, how did you ruin in the first take saying your last name for value. And I feel like you should change your Twitter account to Dan for value. Now, look, I can't change it because now then I'll lose my blue check mark. Maybe I can change the handle. I forget how that works, but I should have kept going. That's my biggest regret. Now I was just thinking about all the bargain bin free agents. And so they kind of just intertwined with my own intro. Dan for value. That's, that's, that's where you're going from now on. Uh, (laughs) But I'm doing great. But who called us pretentious? Was that, was that one? I jumped on the podcast. Is that are we now pretentious? I don't mind if I elevated us to being pretentious, but uh, whoever did, I think it was like three, maybe two weeks after you joined the pod. So perhaps you had something to do with it. But maybe they also realized that when we record these podcasts, uh, we're drinking two hundred dollar bottles of Pinot Noir with our pinkies up. Uh, so maybe that's how they knew that we were pretentious. Two hundred, man. I'm drinking two thousand dollar Pinot Noir. I, 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 I'm not drinking. That's that NBA video coordinator money that you got going on over there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Big, big bucks for video coordinators around the leagues. And if you can't tell that sarcasm, people. <laughs> um, to start, I wanted to ask Mark Stein of the New York Times, right before we jumped on the podcast, tweeted that the Knicks are weighing the prospect of extending a considerable 
one-year offer to Warriors free agent big man DeMarcus Cousins if they miss out on top target Kevin Durant, according to his league sources. What do you think about that? And I'll follow up with why is it utterly ridiculous to do that? Um, well, at least I'm happy it would just be a one-year deal and not like it's just I'm trying to keep the powder dry uh, in that situation. Uh, I mean, I just desperate for star power if they lose out on KD. I think they're just really trying to 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 bring anything into the garden. I don't think they want to have another 17, 19 wins, however many wins they had this year. I don't want to be – don't think they want to be – four whatever it was, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they want to be as terrible as they were uh, last season. So, you know, I think they're just trying they're, – they're trying to be at least win some more games, put some more entertaining product on the floor, and at the same time not go crazy because I think everybody's sort of expecting that, right? Like if they strike out in free agency, like they're going to start dropping like max contracts for uh, Vucevic and in, 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 uh, and everybody. Yeah. All those third yeah, guys. Like all, yeah. All of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, we went from KD and Kyrie to, you know, the, the, the European splash brothers. Like what, what, you know, kind of thing. So I think at least, at least to their credit, it's a one year deal. So I'm not too, too nuts about it. I I agree there. I just don't understand if you do strike out why you then wouldn't look to take on some bad money in exchange for draft picks. And even if it's two-year money, because the 2020 free agent class isn't that great. And paying DeMarcus Cousins a lot of money to take minutes away from Mitchell Robinson doesn't make sense to me. And the final thing I'll say about them, which I think that people are underplaying because Steve Mills and Scott Perry have said they're trying to rebuild gradually on this timeline, I'm calling bullshit because they made the Kristaps Porzingis trade. I don't care how bad things got with that. You don't make that deal unless you think you have two free agents on the bag. I know it was James Dolan who came out and said that free agents are coming to New York and not Steve Mills and Scott Perry, but you could just, the thinking was there in the trade itself. And now if you don't, and here was the other thing is they had a path to one max cap space with Porzingis, not the cleanest one, but it was possible. So you traded Porzingis so that you could have that second max slot. I think it's fine if you don't sign two free agents, uh, getting one is is more than is is more than fine to me. That being said, if you strike out, that trade now hinges on what those Dallas Mavericks picks become, whether Kristaps Porzingis stays healthy and is successful there, and what Dennis Smith Jr. turns into, and I'm ready to write off the ladder as a wash at this point. I know he's only played two years, but I just don't think he has feel to run an NBA offense. And I just don't want to see, I know Knicks fans are pining for something to look towards. And I agree that the correct call would be not to screw with the book. Should you miss out on all those free agents, but let's not throw up a round of applause because the Knicks, uh, if they strike out on free agents might go the bare minimum route of be of intelligible moves, you know, because if you do strike out, on free agents, then you didn't need to create that cap space in the first place. So that's just where I'm at on this whole Nick saga kind of deteriorating. And I just don't think they're receiving enough flack to me uh, in the event that they strike out. Maybe we should wait and see what happens, but if we're going to applaud them for giving out one year deals, should they not get KD slash Kyrie slash Kawhi slash whoever? I'm not going to go that far. Well, so like there, there's a lot to, to unpack in what you said. I think one, I think they're going to get, catch holy hell you know if they strike out i think that's for sure gonna happen uh don't you don't have to worry about that there dan they're 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 gonna get blown up 
because that's what people like to do. If they don't, uh, I'm going to look to your Twitter account then to make sure that you go on a, a Nick, anti-Nicks rant there. No, I'll probably do it on a podcast, but I don't think, but here's the other thing too, because everybody's killing them for making that Porzingis trade. I'm not that mad about it. Cause I think, you know, you have Intel, I'm sure at the time where they probably, it, it could have been very true that they were, they had two free agents locked up and that was in February and things change, you know, and, and, and they could have had everything locked up in February and then June comes, K, uh, KD has a, a, a torn uh, Achilles and, you know, Kyrie's looking more to Brooklyn because um, he wants to be a net and, and, and all of that. And, and all these equations, all these things change. And, and, and now it's a different scenario than what it had, uh, you know, what they had in February. So I'm not too upset with them in that sense, because, you know, they were going on the prospect of like, look, this is the situation. Um, we can get two of these guys if we trade Porzingis. And our relationship with Porzingis is not great. And I know they have, they could have put the qualifying offer out there and then he'd be restricted and they could match anything and all, all that, all that goes with it. But you know, if, if it's a bad environment and the guy doesn't want to be there, I'm not, I'm not too upset with them making the move to, to, to get rid of them. Um, so I, I, I kind of, which is weird to be defending the Knicks, but I'm kind of like I kind of understand understand how they uh, how they did that, and I see what the you know what 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 led them to make those moves. So I'm not too 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 going to come down too hard on them in that in that regard. So don't go looking at my timeline thinking I'm going to blow them up. Look, I agree that this is something that needs to be litigated over time. But they tied so much of the value to that trade to their cap space this summer is my point. So then all of a sudden when you don't use that cap space and the guys you thought you were going to get, looking at the value you got back, cap space doesn't for the Knicks doesn't become part of the equation because then you didn't need it. And then all of a sudden the return hinges on again, what actually happens with Porzingis and Dallas, what those picks become and, and what you do with DSJ. Yeah. I mean, it's still going to be a, 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 a lot to go with it. I mean, for sure they made the trade with the idea of cap space. It's just, you know, shit happens. It, 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 it ended up just changing the equation, just completely flipped. I mean, the, the, the torn Achilles, you know, it, for for KD, changed the plans for like five or six teams, and then that and that in turn changes the plans for pretty much the rest of the league because everybody else kind of right, you, you, you know, has ripple effects on top of ripple effects. So it's it's it it really did kind of change everything. And I still wouldn't be shocked if they sign KD. You know, if he ends up signing there. Um, so it's it's you know who knows how it goes down, but it's it's too early I think to 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 really jump on them. Just yet, but they're going to catch a whole. I can promise you, Dan, they'll catch a lot of heat, and it'll, if, a bunch of it will come from me. Should they strike out? Um, but to the Raptors, who go first, because as you said before we started, they don't receive enough love, and they are the NBA freaking champions. I don't want you to get into a Kawhi prediction just yet. I'm going to force you to give one at the end of this. So I want to look at the two scenarios where. One, whether he comes back. Two, if he leaves. If he comes back, are they title favorites for next season? Yeah, I mean, they have to be. there If, if, if they bring everybody back, you know, they also have Danny Green, who's a free agent, uh, you know, and, and, and that's somebody they got to bring in. I think Gasol opted in today, yeah. so I think he's he's coming back. Um, you know, uh, I know I know the most important piece for you, if they bring Jeremy Lin back. Uh <laughs> You know they're they're, they're going to be a uh, 
they they have to be the favorites. If that's if they bring Kawhi back, they're going to be the favorites. Um, and and if they bring Danny Green along back with them, and I mean if they just run this whole thing back, like no doubt they're 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 the favorites. They're also I I agree with you on that front. I also agree that Jeremy Lin is their most important free agent this summer. Not Kawhi. He, he's the linchpin. Yeah. He's the linchpin. If they don't bring him back, it's over. <laughs> They look like because they have so many expiring contracts, and it's a little bit less likely now, unless it happens mid-season, that they would do something like this because they won the title and you'd thus be breaking up a championship core. But when you look at all the expiring contracts that they have, I believe they're pick neutral moving forward. And even Norman Powell's deal has the three years and 32.6 left on it. That's not a terrible contract. They could be a sneaky candidate to pull off a splashy trade in the middle of the season. What if the Pelicans all of a sudden make Drew Holiday available? It would be a fantastic fit there. I don't know if they have enough for getting a Bradley Beal guy unless they give a Pascal Siakam, which they absolutely positively should not do in that scenario. I think there's a chance that they could then, before 2020, where they're going to have all this cap space, even if they resign Kawhi, maybe do something that improves the team Again, probably during the middle of the season because I don't know that you you take a swing like that over the off season before you see how this core uh, does together after a training camp. Yeah, and I don't think I think they definitely can. And the other thing besides all that is Masai Ujiri is not going to be afraid to make a move. Um, you know, he he went out there and got Gasol. You know, like if if he sees something out there that that can make a difference for the, for the team and and help solidify whatever holes they may have. He, he's going to make the moves. He's not afraid to. So, you know, you have to give them credit in that sense of like, they're going to be proactive. If there's something on the market that they feel they need and they can, and they can make a move and, and whatever, if it is holiday and they feel like that's the right move, they're, they're not going to be afraid to do it. They're not, they're not a, they're not one of those teams that are going to be hesitant. So, um, they're, they're in a pretty good situation, you know, one way or the other, they're, they're going to be pretty set up pretty well. Um, whether Kawhi stays or goes. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED right in the comfort and privacy of your own home. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe medication that will be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. So the prevailing assumption last summer was that if Kawhi leaves, they would blow it up. And now I'm wondering, because they traded for Gasol and, and he opts in, and you look at what the core is without Kawhi Leonard, they won't have cap space, but they could clearly still compete in the Eastern Conference. Are they now in a situation where they look at this as a one-year layover where they try and compete for a playoff spot and reassess their situation in 2020? Or do you think they go the route of let's unload these expiring contracts? They have Lowry, Gasol, Abaka, and Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, no, I think 
the way it would play out is they would see how, how, how the season starts. You know, the, they were, they played fairly well when Kawhi was out of games. I, I don't know the record off the top of my head, but like when he was sitting out of games for load management, you know, they still had a good record. They still had a winning record. And, and, you know, I would be confident that they'd be at least a playoff team. But the good thing with all of those expiring contracts is, you know, come trade deadline, if they're out of it and they're nowhere near the playoff picture, you know, they're, they're in a situation where they could start, you know, sending these guys off to, to contenders, contenders and getting assets back for them. You know, there, there would be a market for, for Marcus all. I mean, hell, he, did it this year and, and won a championship, you know, uh, there'd be a market for Fred Van Vliet. There'd definitely be a market for Kyle Lowry on the expiring, you know, contract. So I think there's, there, there's kind of that value of just let's ride it out. Let's see how the season goes. Let's see, you know, if these guys keep it going, if OG Ananobi continues to, uh, to grow, uh, we, we kind of forget about him just cause he, he ended up missing the most of the playoffs with the appendicitis, um, which is, has to be one of the weirder injuries or situations to kind of had just popped up. Um, you know, uh, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see how, how they play it out. But in that situation, you know, they, they can just ride with it. It's not a, it, there's no need to panic, you know, and, and they could, they, and even if they don't trade those guys at the trade deadline, you know, they're going to have a crap ton of cap space the following year. So it's, it, I, I think they'd be fine. I don't I, I, I don't think they'd be in a bad situation one way or the other. Um, obviously, they would prefer Kawhi coming back. Um, I, I, I would imagine that's kind of what they're hoping for. Uh, be kind of weird if they weren't. But uh, uh, so I think that's that's really what they would like. But if that's not the case, they're not going to be in a, a in a terrible situation. To your point, if they did want to stand relatively pat, they played more than 3,700 non-garbage time possessions without Kawhi last season, and their net rating was a plus 4.1, which is pretty solid. That's solid. I mean, without your best player, that's pretty damn solid. And I thought they moved the ball better when Kawhi wasn't on the court, to be honest with you, and I think that's an area where Gasol could even continue to help. Yeah, without question. He he becomes huge. It was during those non-Kawhi minutes, but then if you put him in the, the starting lineup now, or he was in the starting lineup, so he definitely becomes critical if they're looking to kind of stay afloat without Kawhi. They don't have other than I'm good. We're going to get to the Kawhi prediction before we move on to the Bucks. Their only other key free agent, if you don't count Jeremy Lin, apparently <laughs> is Danny Green. Do you think his free agency is tied to Kawhi's decision or could you see them bringing him back? Even if Leonard leaves, I could see them wanting to bring him back. If, if, if Kawhi leaves, I, I think here's the thing. I think he's going to get a big offer somewhere. Um, you know, he, he has a lot of value and, and, and the year he had this year really kind of, everybody was like, Oh my God, Danny Green's back. Uh, you know, it felt like he was on a hiatus for a year or two in San Antonio. Um, so I could see, I could see teams who are very desperate for this type of situation, right? Uh, a three and D guy, which we use that phrase to death, but that's Danny Green. Cause he sure as hell don't want him dribbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> The uh, uh, or or passing, as we saw at the end of game six. I mean, she's uh, but the uh, but I think that's kind of the thing is like I could see him getting a, uh, an offer. He made 10 million this year. I could see him getting something around 13 to 15 million. Um, there's going to be a ton of cap space this summer. There's going to be as much as everybody wants to hope that we teams have learned from 2016. I, I can promise you some teams haven't. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's going to overpay. 
Um, you know, and, and, and it might be for him, you know, it might be that situation. Uh, you know, if you're the Lakers, you're going to kick the tires on it and, and explore that. Cause he's, he's a perfect fit for what they need. Um, you know, he might be out of their price range, but there's going to be, he's going to have interest around the league. So his, his free agency isn't tied to Kawhi. Um, so I think, you know, it's just going to be a matter of what, what's the market for him. So what would your prediction be if Kawhi, let's say Kawhi stays, is Danny Green back in Toronto? I'm going to say yes, they're pretty close. Um, but I, but I, it's, it's very like a eh, kind of a yes, but I'm also, uh, I'm on the fence. Cause like if somebody offers him 15 million a year, like his agent should slap him if he tries to not take that. If Kawhi leaves, is he in Toronto? It's still, it's still the same, same difference. Like, I just, I, I, same difference to me. I could see him coming back either way. Um, I would think he's just, definitely gone if Leonard leaves. It just comes down to what what can they pay him, you know, and, and, and what are the offers he's getting? If he's getting something that's if he's getting something that's maybe just a little bit more, he might stay because he's comfortable there. He's found a good role. Uh, he, he definitely enjoys playing there. The guys, everybody raves about Nick Nurse um, and playing for him. So, you know, it's a good organization. Uh, what what Masai has built and, and whatnot. So I, if, it, if the offers are comparable, I could see him staying. But if there's one that's just astronomically bigger he's he's out pasco siakam is extension eligible i think after the season he just had it almost guarantees that he won't get an extension because at this point his market has to be max or near max and if you're the raptors in that situation looking at your guaranteed contracts for 2020 2021 right now it's it's only norman powell and then we're just going to assume that they pick up og ananobi and then that's that's it. Uh, you can include their draft pick in that should they keep it. And Pascal Siakam's cap hold will be $7.1 million. And if you weigh that against almost $30 million would be his max at that point, if not $30 million because the cap's jumping by so much. Is, your, is that a fair estimation? Do you think he, they end up just kicking the can into restricted free agency? Because one, it, it lets them see where their roster is at that point. And two, if you do have Kawhi Leonard, or even if you don't, that's going to maximize your cap space and give you a chance to make a splash in what is admittedly a fairly shallow free agent market. Yeah, I think it's one of those things when I look at it, I think for both sides, there's no reason to rush into an extension. You know, I think if you're Toronto, the only reason why you do it is if you're getting him at a discount. And if you're Siakam, there's no reason to get him to, to give a discount right now. Um, you, you know, I think it's a, uh, um, it, 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 this is his first year where he really blew up. So let's see what he does next year. Like, this is the mistake we kind of make with guys off of just one year. Uh, we went nuts. And when I mean we, I mean NBA, the NBA Twitter sphere, media, everybody in general went nuts about Jason Tatum after his rookie year. And everybody kind of jumped off the bandwagon a bit this year. So um, I'm still he, there if anyone's interested. Thanks, Dan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh, but it's it's in that sense of like, let's see what he looks like next year. Um, let's see when it's when teams are, are are more aware of him, you know, in the start of the season and and add him into their scouting reports, maybe a little more differently and 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 focus on him. Let's see what he adds to his game and and whatnot. So it's 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 one of those things where like, if I'm a team, I probably wouldn't want to extend him unless I'm getting a deal. Um, and, and I, again, if I'm Siakam, I don't see a reason to give a deal. Uh, and 
they're still going to have his restricted rights, right? Yeah. The, to me, that's that's. I'm not even worried about it if I'm Toronto. I'm like, I'm not even going to, unless I get, unless I'm getting big mo- a, a great deal to extend you. I'm I'm going to wait until restricted free agency and we'll deal with it then. So kicking the can down the line is probably the smartest thing. Um, let's see what kind of year he has and, and and then go from there. I mean, he I mean, if he has another huge year, he's going to be in line for the max. Twenty nine million would be his max salary off the projected salary cap. His cap hold is going to be uh, more than four times as small as that. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, that's and, and that, that's that's an advantage for them. You know, they can kind of play with one. Do they? sign him versus you know and 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 bring in a guy um a lot of this also depends on on what happens with Kawhi because um I know we'll get into predictions uh but you know it's you know there's a lot of options Kawhi has in in terms of what he signs it could be a one plus one a two plus one he can just say screw it and sign for the you know uh the four or five years I mean it's it's a, a whole different variety of things so um it's it, Kawhi's decision is going to play into a lot of things I think it's probably useless to get into what they might do on the free agency market if Kawhi leaves. They, I believe, they'd have a, at least a path, or uh, they, they'd be able to use the non-taxpayers mid level. But again, without knowing whether they're going to be fully committed to winning next year, that's not something I want to get into. But if Kawhi stays, there's probably a chance that they will use their taxpayers mid level, which is in the five point seven million dollar range. What is it that this team needs to build on top of? last year's core. Is there anything that you saw that they were missing? I know a lot of people talked about like maybe having that other like kind of shot creator, like that, like that guard. I know they were mentioned as a Bradley Beal, like souped up trade destination during the the middle of the season when people thought the wizards might shop him. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. I mean, like they won a championship, you know, it's, it's hard. Like you could have another shot creator, but the thing is with, if, if Kawhi's back, you're, I don't know how often that guy is going to get the ball in his hands. You know, they kind of have the perfect team to be around Kawhi. Uh, I, I honestly, if I were them, I'd, I'd probably just hold on to it and, and, and just kind of keep it and see who's that, who's available in the buyout market. Um, oh, that's you, a good call. you know, and, 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 and when that comes and then be, you'll, you'll have something more than the minimum to, to throw at guys. Uh, I think that'd probably be the most prudent and, and smartest thing to do if I were them. If if I get Kawhi back, I'm trying my best to bring Danny Green back. Maybe if you lose Danny Green, then you start trying to find a way to fill that void, and that's where you'd use it. But if you can bring Danny Green back, I just hold on to it till the buyout market. That's a good point. I didn't really think of, and, and I you probably not that this will happen, but there might be guys just available at the minimum who could help. Like I don't know what Garrett Temple's market is going to be, but he'd be a good guy for this team, or I don't know how far Alec Burks' stock has fallen, but if those are players that you end up not having to use your mid-level exception on, it, you know, it, it probably helps as just even as end of bench players or, or bit role guys, assuming Danny Green comes back. And then, like you said, you're able to keep that, that extra incentive for guys who get bought out uh, in February, closer to March, where you're able to offer them more if, if someone really attractive comes along. Yeah, I just think it's a smart play. I don't think they need I don't think they need to really rush into it. I don't think they have any major, major holes. Um Especially kind of Nobi's healthy too. Yeah, I mean that's another guy. Like it's it's you you are just in a good situation. I think they kind of um kudos to Messiah. I mean, it, great roster construction in, in, in terms of everything and, and you know, they're they're all they're set up in, in so many different ways. I think he's 
I think they're just in a good situation, man. It's, it's, it's not exciting. It's not fun podcasting. It's not me yelling at the Lakers. Um, it's, it's just kind of, you know, it, it sucks. They ruin it for us. There's nothing we can really nitpick all that much about them. Before we get to the Kawhi prediction that I'm going to force you to make, we have two mailbag questions from listeners that I singled out. Andrew Barkley at Andrew underscore J underscore B. If the Raptors want to cut the tax bill a little, and I guess he's assuming that Kawhi is coming back in that scenario, is Powell's contract a slight negative or neutral value to trade into cap space? For your reference, even though you probably already know, three years and $32.6 million left on his deal with a player option in the final season because everyone gets a player option in the final season now, apparently. Yeah, it's 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 pretty funny how they give those out. Um, I I listen. I'd be really disappointed if they were trying to get a get under the uh, get out of the tax situation. You know, when you when you're a championship contender, you should expect to pay the tax. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is something you should be okay with as an ownership group. Because I'm going to be honest with you, you're making a crap ton of money. Like the tax isn't going to you're not going to feel it as that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you know I. I I, I don't know what you could get for Norman Powell. You know, like that's a pretty big contract for a guy that's that's really a role player. Um, you know, we're going to see a lot of those bad contracts given out this summer again. Um, but I, I I just don't see the value you'd get back for him. Um, and if you're just kind of throwing him into just kind of clear space and 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 hope you're you're getting uh, a couple of uh, picks back, like I'd rather have him. He. He had moments in the playoffs, you know, he hit big shots for them from, from time to time. So I, I honestly, I just think like, Hey, just hold on to him. And if you're afraid of the tax and you know what, you're in the wrong business. Yeah. And also if they're, they're going to, if Kawhi comes back, yes, they'll be in a tax next year. There's a very easy way for them to stay out of it in the following season while substantially upgrading their roster. So they don't have to worry about triggering the repeater tax down the line anytime soon. And then if Kawhi leaves, you're not in the tax. So why waste money getting off of Powell? And who knows, you know, next summer, maybe he has a good year or just maybe when there's two years left on his deal and you're trying to create mega cap space in 2020, if you still have Kawhi or not, then it's easier to trade him. Maybe it doesn't cost a sweetener. Maybe someone takes him into cap space. I would wait no matter what in this situation. I'm never a fan of, I tend to be like you, pay the tax for your championship team. But especially in this case, you're not in danger of entering the repeater tax anytime soon yeah yeah you're in you're in good shape so it's not like i I, when i saw the question i was like huh like i'd be really annoyed if they were trying to avoid the tax this question's interesting to me from tom rend at t rend 19 t-r-e-n-d-e 19 let's say Kawhi is still taking meetings what number are you saying no to if danny green approaches you with a sizable offer from another team so Kawhi hasn't made his decision yet but Danny Green has a number that he'll sign for right now. What let me let me ask, do you have do they have his bird rights? Yes. Um I think anything beyond like fifteen, I'd 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 start to get nervous. And I and I think the years matter to me. Almost more than the number. Um he, I, if it's something like four years or it's like three years and the 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 amazing player option for the fourth year, <laughs> I, I, I think that's where I start to cringe a little bit. Um, that's where I'd start to be more concerned. But if it's something where it's like, you know, he's getting two years, you know, 15 million each year, like, okay, I, 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 I think I'd pull the trigger on it. It's more about the years for me 
with him than the than the actual number. Um, if if that makes sense. No, I agree with you. I was this might be an extreme, but that Al Horford deal that was floating around four years, one hundred and twelve million. I said, if I'm the Kings, I just go three years, 112. It ups the cap hold in the short term, but you're not a free agency destination anyway. And Al Horford is gaining an extra year of earning potential without sacrificing anything financially in the short term. And I kind of fall on the same side with Danny Green. In that situation, it's different if Kawhi's already signed on the dotted line. But in that situation, I'd be more likely to pay Danny or be more inclined to pay Danny Green, let's say, two years and $34 million than three years and $42 million, even though right. the difference isn't that big. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. It's like just the, just the years is what scares me the most. Those questions are done. And Mo, it's time for the, the moment of truth. Mo's moment of truth. Where is Kawhi Leonard playing basketball next season? After everything we've said, my gut still says they're, they're, he's leaving and he's going to be a clipper. Is that that's just a gut thing? It's nothing like you just think he was gone from the the get go type deal. This is something we've heard forever. You know, like hey, the Clippers are all over him. They're 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 sending scouts to the games or whatever. And and we've kind of known he's wanted to be in Los Angeles. You know, since he want since he made kind of his trade request. Um, originally it was the Lakers, but the. Uh, uh, it, it, it kind of changed once LeBron joined the team. Then, then you started hearing like he'd be open to the Clippers. Like the Clippers are his number one choice. And to be honest, and this is the kind of weird thing too, the Clippers sort of remind me of the Raptors before they got Kawhi. Um, obviously, they don't have uh, De- uh, a Demar Derozan guy um, that they would they would ship off in the trade, but um, it's kind of a similar situation to me. I think like this is a team that has a bunch of great pieces uh, who they'd have to figure out how they're going to keep some of those guys, guys like Patrick Beverly and whatnot. Like they're going to have to figure out how to, how to bring that together. Um, But you know, you add him into that lineup and it's like, man, that's, that's a pretty damn good basketball team. Like that's a contender to me. Uh, So I think it's a a situation where he gets to go home and, and, and kind of just go there and, and be there. And, and, it's. I think the Raptors have made it close, but I also think winning the championship kind of makes it easier for him to leave. Uh, it's I was going to ask you that too, if you ascribe to that method of thought. Well, it does, just in the sense of like, hey, man, we, we've 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 won it. I brought a title. This is great. Um, you know, and and let's be honest, dude, Kawhi is the toughest guy to read. It wouldn't shock me if he stayed in Toronto. Also, um, the 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 way I look at it is, if he does stay in Toronto, it'd probably be like a one plus one. Uh, run it back and let's see how the year goes next year. Uh, but for me, that's risky with him just because of his injury history. I mean, we still don't even know what happened to his leg during the the, the playoffs. I mean, he was dragging it the whole way through the the finals. So um, it's going to be a questionable thing. It's going to be it's going to be one of the more interesting things to watch. But if I had to if I had to bet, you know, I I, I think it's the Clippers. It's close, but I still think it's the Clippers. I've been saying for anyone who cares the that he's going to stay with the Raptors for months because I th- I think it's going to end up being a 2 plus 1 situation where he rehits the maybe a 1 plus 1 but and I'm not again it's Kawhi so it's impossible to read but I think because of how they've almost given him every reason not to leave I know you say winning the championship makes it easier in theory for him to leave and I I do get that train of thought I think it's going to be a 2 plus 1 situation where he's able to re-enter the market 
after 10 years of service, be eligible for that 35% max. He's still only going to be coming out of his age 29 season at that point. So he'll still have those big money offers available to him. Maybe his own injury and Kevin Durant's Achilles injury forces him to reconcile his own mortality in the NBA. I also tend to fall on the bleeding heart side of things where I wasn't completely convinced that LeBron was leaving Cleveland last year. So if anyone's looking for a reason to doubt me, there you go. And, 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 and let's be honest here. The Raptors have done everything right. I mean, besides even winning the championship, the load management, the the plan that Alex McKechnie put together, um, you know, the 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 witchcraft and the voodoo he did, um, and 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 put this whole plan in motion. I mean, shows really the importance of having such a great training staff and and, and sports science staff. Uh, you know, he they did everything right. You know, and 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 it has nothing to do with Toronto. Just as a, the desire for him to leave, like everybody who's who's like, why would he leave a championship team? Yo, he left one already in San Antonio. Now there was trust and issues. And they could have offered him a supermax as well. So he left. Yeah, so it, like we 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 have all these kind of everybody's like, well, why would he leave? And this and that. They just won, and I go like, guys, like this is he's kind of just different, and it's okay. Um, and, and I think that's something that you have to sort of look into and and be aware of going into it is like you know he's just going to do what he wants to do and and god bless him he, he doesn't care what anybody thinks he's just going to do it and it it's very hard to kind of just be like yo i want to leave out of san antonio and everybody was questioning why the hell would you leave san antonio it's a great situation they care about their players all the stuff and he just felt uncomfortable there and and, and left and now he has a great situation in toronto and you know and let's be honest too it's not like he's going from Toronto to um, what organization can I slander right now? The Knicks. Well, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to leave. The Knicks are going to get a lot of heat. I'm going to leave them alone. Um, They're going to throw a parade if they actually do get a meeting with him in free agency. Yeah, I mean, they, the the parade should be the meeting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just so you know, they should just be like, this is what it looks like if you get us into the playoffs. Forget winning a championship. <laughs> Get us into the playoffs. We'll throw a parade for you every day in the summer the following year. Um, but let's say it's uh, 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 Sacramento. Sorry, Sacramento. You guys had a good year, but I'm going to slander you a little bit. Um, but it's not like a bad situation. You're going to the team with the Clippers that have a great ownership, a well-respected coach, a great supporting staff. You have an owner that's willing to pretty much just spend whatever money is out, whatever it takes. You know, I mean, just the pure fact, granted, it was probably illegal according to the CBA rules, but willing they were the, the idea that they were investigating, like, should we, can we buy the Kawhi, the, the claw logo from Nike to give as a gift to Kawhi? Like, I mean, just sort of that kind of stuff. It's not like he's going to a bad organization. He's, he, he, he's basically, he's doing what Tom Brady did with his wife, right? Like he left, uh, uh, the, the beautiful actress for Giselle. I mean, that's kind of what it would be. Uh, he, he's in a win-win situation <laughs> um, sort, sort of things. Oh, I should have slandered the Lakers. Like, if he went to the Lakers, it would have been a – I mean, it's a – Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you see him going anywhere if he leaves Toronto other than the Clippers? No. I, I, I honestly think it's – and, and, and he, it sounds like he's going to take a lot of meetings, and it, it, it sounds like there, there's all these stories of meetings, but, like – and 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 it's not fair to the Lakers, but one, they don't have the cap space. Uh, on top of all that, I don't think he wants to be the third wheel. I don't think that's who he, who, who he wants to be. I think he likes kind of these these teams where he's the guy. Um, I just I just don't see him fitting in 
with the Lakers as much as they feel like they can get a meeting with him. I don't think he's, he's their guy. Uh, I, I think the Clippers are a better fit for him. So uh, I, I think it's Toronto or Clippers. It's a two horse race. And, you know, um, I'll, I'll put my money down on the Clippers. And, and I'm sorry, Toronto fans. I've got my money down on Toronto. And I'm also sorry to Toronto fans because my track record is not fantastic there. I will. Uh, this question came in as we were talking, and I'm going to answer it really quickly because I appreciate the deep cut of it. Raptor Godfather at PJ Prazilla's X. Would Jeez. it be possible for the Raptors to bring back Patrick McCaw, Chris Boucher, whose nickname, by the way, is Swatterboy, according to Basketball Reference, which is absolutely fantastic, and Malcolm Miller with league minimum salary? The answer is yes, if that's what they're going to go for. And I can't uh, – first of all, Chris Boucher and Malcolm Miller are non-guaranteed, so the Raptors can bring them back if they want. Patrick McCaw is interesting because he has a qualifying offer. I don't know that – that's three-time NBA champion, excuse me, Patrick McCaw. He put some respect on that name. I don't know what his market's going to be. Maybe you have some sort of a feel. He played random minutes throughout the playoffs and against the Warriors in particular. I don't. I, I have. I have no feel. I can answer that question very easily. <laughs> no idea. Um, I don't think he's going to have a, a a very robust uh, market in restricted free agency. So he's the most likely one to leave of the three. Could say that, but that's not saying much either. Yeah. I don't, I don't, and I don't think they're that. I don't think Masai is losing sleep over that one. No. On to the Milwaukee Bucks, who lost to the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. They have an incredibly critical offseason coming up. Their free agent list includes Chris Middleton, Nikola Miritich, Brooke Lopez. They have a bunch of non-guaranteed contracts on their books. Malcolm Brogdon's a restricted free agent. They've gone to great lengths to set them up for a scenario in which they keep everybody except for Miritich, I'd say. George Hill is going to be waived, barring just the surprise of all surprises. He has a $1 million partial guarantee on an $18 million salary. I don't necessarily know where to start with this team other than Mo. If you had to pick... How many of those guys are coming back when you look at the Miritich, Lopez, Brogdon, Middleton? If you had to play stay or go with them, what does this Bucks roster look like next season? I think their goal is to try to bring everybody back. Maybe not Miritich. I mean, he 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 struggled quite a bit in the playoffs. Um, you know, I think if you do it kind of like orders of of priority, I think it goes, you know, Middleton, Brogdon, Lopez. Um and I think we saw it with the moves they made on draft night to, you know, they got Snell off their books to kind of help clear more space and whatnot. The The thing that really bothers me about the Bucks was I don't know what the rush was to give Eric Bledsoe the extension they gave him in, in March. Like it mm-hmm. just, it didn't make much sense to me because, and he was having a great season. He finished on the old defensive team and, and things like that. But I just wanted to be like, Yo, he had a bad playoffs the year before. Like, let's see how he does in the playoffs this year. And, you know, he was really bad. Like, in the Toronto series of all of them, too. Like, he couldn't even finish at the rim anymore. Um, I, 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 I think, like, that kind of hurts them. And that, that's, they're in a tough spot. Like, this is, this is gonna, this is, I'm gonna get Bucks fans angry. And I'm sorry. This is just who I am. Deal with it. Um, you're gonna overpay for Middleton. You know, you're going to max out Middleton. I don't look at him as a number two option. 
um, you know, for everything that he brings, and he's a great player, I think he's really a third option on a championship team. You know, Malcolm Brogdon, you're going to get pushed. You're going to have to pay him. You're going you're gonna to match most likely just about anything, I think, uh, to, to bring him back. He was an important piece. I think he's he's really good on the ball and 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 is he's okay as a secondary uh, playmaker, but not great. And I think that's what they're missing most of all is that secondary playmaker. They need another guy that can set people up, especially set Middleton up, you know. And and it it can't just be all Giannis all the time. Um, and we should correct that. We should call him MVP Giannis. Um, but like, I just think it's a tough situation. I think it's not a. I think they're going to lock themselves into a very good roster, but not a great roster. And I think it started with by locking down Bledsoe too early. I think that was something they should have waited on and, and, and see what happens. And then, you know, I'd have been fine if they had let Bledsoe walk, re-sign uh, Brogdon and, and, and keep George Hill. And they still might keep George Hill, right? Wave him and then get him on a, on a deal. That's, you know, a better number, but longer years. Uh, it, I, I just don't like I just didn't like that deal at the time. I thought the timing of it was weird and I think it kind of screwed up their their cap to a degree. And I guess you don't think that extension now, even with the partial guarantee in year four for Bledsoe, is then tradable. Not right now. Well I legally it can't be, but I'm saying like, you know, right, once right. the time passes and everything. Even even next trade deadline. Like I just don't see anybody really jumping at it. I mean it, it He'd have to have a phenomenal year shooting the ball, and I don't think he's that great of a shooter. I'm actually going to let me pull up his numbers, see what he did this year. But you know, no, he's not. He's a he's. I wouldn't say he's a very bad shooter, but he's not a good shooter. I mean, like he, he's streaky, right? He can make the shots. Um, you know, he shot 33% from three this year. Okay, that's. I mean, he can get hot, and make shots here and there, but like really, as a team, I'm defending him. I'm just going to let him shoot. I'd rather him do that than than attack the rim, but. You know, I, I just I, I don't buy into to Bledsoe being the guy um, and, and and that and that worries me. So I think they're in a, they're in a tough spot because they're going to they're going to spend a ton of money on this roster. And I don't think it's going to it may not necessarily yield the results that they, they think it will. And then Giannis is a free agent in two years. Yeah, that's something that's still scary as much as people think that he's just a lock to stay. And it's pointless to talk about trade scenarios right now. But I do think that. His free agency is a big deal, and you have to weigh that in when you're looking at how much to invest in this roster, which is why it's so – the Middleton thing, the market is just going to dictate that he's a max contract. He's not a max player, but he's right. – I think he's a, a reasonable facsimile of a number two, not a number two in a championship team, as you already said. Harry's Razors is helping Blue Wire listeners with a better shaving experience. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Enough with the cheap razors. Go try Harry's now. It's just $3 for our loyal listeners. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your official trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure to go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for only $3. 
what I will say, what Malcolm Brogdon is sort of the swing piece. Because if you lose him, I do think your team is noticeably worse. But if you overpay him, yeah, that's something that you might feel. At the same time, I'm wondering this about the Middleton and Brogdon deals. Is let's say, Middleton's going to get the max. Let's say Brogdon, I think he's going to get $20 million or more in an offer sheet. It stands to be seen whether the Bucks will match that. I still think those contracts for the Bucks could end up being Otto Porter type deals where if they devolve into something less than an asset, they will never be tough to move where you'll have to include barring catastrophic injury, obviously, where you won't have to include these sweeteners to get rid of him. And we saw that even with the Wizards, they traded Otto Porter when his value was arguably at its lowest and they didn't have to, they were able to get expiring salary back. And some people even say that Bobby Portis is, is a big asset for them. That's Bobby Portis who's looking for $16 million a year in restricted free agents, besides the point. But So I think that maybe, in a sense, might make it easier for them to just pay these guys and move forward and hope that you have a championship core already in, pl- in place and you just had a bad break when you ran into the Raptors during the postseason. Yeah, I, I, I think this was – I honestly think this was the year for them to, to get there. Um, I, I think Brogdon's free agency is the most interesting one. Um, like you said, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna put twenty million in front of them and make the Bucks have to decide what they do. And I think you're you're right. I think they'll they'll match it. Uh, I think they'll and 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 Brogdon is a good player. And I think Brogdon is always gonna have value. Somebody's always gonna be willing to trade for uh, Malcolm Brogdon. So I think that's kind of what they bet on is if like this doesn't pan out the way we hope, we can we can always kind of move off of this money. Um, the <sighs> It's just a tough spot, man. Like this, this is the hardest thing about team building. You know, people say sometimes it's getting the star. I don't think getting the star is the hardest thing. It's the decision to build around it and and what you bring in it and how you how you do it. Because committing to to Middleton is going to be tough. Committing to Brogdon is going to be tough. The, the moves they make now are are going to limit them. That they're not going to trade these guys in the first year of their deals. I, I at least I don't think so. Um, you know, and and so this is your roster for next year. And I, I, I might be one of the few, but I saw serious flaws in the fact that they did not have a consistent secondary playmaker to make things easier for everybody else. And once you're able to kind of crash down on Giannis, who even though he's a good passer, his passes are still fairly inaccurate. They're still kind of flying a little bit, you know, a little bit. They're 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 not like right in the shooter's pockets all the time and things like that. And I think that's something that. You know, they they kind of need like, here's the thing that's funny, Dan. And and God, I can't wait to get killed for this when it comes out on Twitter um, or when the pod comes out. But like, forget about the actual money and age. But like, this is the kind of team that Chris Paul would be perfect for. Like, oh, I, I'm, that, 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 that you just hear me out like he's the guy that, you know, when Giannis doesn't have it and they swing it to Chris and Chris goes into a pick and roll with a with like assume you bring back Lopez, you know, you're coming off, you have a, a, a big man posting up, you have Giannis, you know, crashing down in the rim, you have Middleton spotting up, like he's the guy that could kind of be that secondary playmaker. Now, you know, it's, you know, if it's not Chris Paul, it's, it's, it's somebody else, but it's like, or like Mike Connolly, um, another guy who could, who could have really done this, you know, well for them. So I think that's kind of the, the, the piece they're missing. Now, listen, Paul won't fit obviously because to trade for him, you have to give up so much and things like that. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying that prototype is, is, 
is something that I think they're really missing. And that if they got that, that's where I'm like, okay, that's a championship team to me. Um, you know, I, I wasn't on the Bucks bandwagon all year because I thought they were vulnerable for how you can scheme them. And 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 we saw it in, in what Toronto did. And I think that matters. And, you know, as as well as, you know, they were they shot a ton of threes, but they weren't a good three point shooting team. They're about league average or maybe just above league average in terms of connecting. It was just they shot so many. I was like, once you kind of cut that down, you know, you're taking away their biggest advantage. And 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 that 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 caught up to them in the in the conference finals. So I think that's the biggest thing they need, but they're gonna run this all back, and I think they're just gonna be locked into a roster that has holes. All I'm gonna say, Eric, once once the trade restriction lifts, Eric Bledsoe, John Lure, and Ursan Ilyasova get you Chris Ball, salary wise. They do not, do they? The three of them, yeah. Eric Bledsoe is fifteen point six. Ursan Ilyasova is seven, and John Lure is nine point five. So when you factor in, that's thirty two point one. When you factor in what you're allowed to take back, they can take back more than forty million. Oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. So when I the Rockets stumble and don't get Jimmy Butler. That because that's that's a thing that we apparently have to address right now. I'll be stunned if that happens. Uh, and they're looking if they are looking to move Chris Paul. You heard it here first. First, Mo wants him on, on the Bucks, and they have they technically have the salary fodder to get it done. I I, I kind of like that, but I feel like I'm gonna have to mute uh, Twitter for a while. <laughs> it's a weird one because if you really believe that Eric Butzel's on a negative value contract, his deal now runs cheaper than Paul's, but runs yeah, further. It's- it's it's the hardest thing with Chris is it's I don't know if Chris's body could keep up like that's the one thing like I would be scared to trade for Chris Paul right now but it but you know what I would have done it for Mike Connolly would you do it for Drew Holiday oh hell yeah do that in a second I don't I don't see I don't think New Orleans will but like that's a uh, yeah that's, that's I was gonna say I'd be worried about it because he's not the greatest shooter either, but you have Bledsoe already, so no difference. Just get someone who's more consistent. Uh, on and, and 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 I think here's the other thing, and and this this might be a hot take. I think he's a better defender than Bledsoe. No, he is. I don't even think that's a hot take. People were talking about the drop off in his defense, but when you look at the offensive workload he was shouldering, give me give me Drew Holiday's drop off in defense and and the defense he was still playing anyway over everyone else. The uh, before I get to Brooke Lopez, because you brought it up about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Does he he makes the buck? So I, I don't want to say does he hold them back, but people tend to rest on you know his jump shooting and how that makes their offense schemable in the playoffs. As someone who was a former video coordinator for in the NBA and uh, for Team Australia, is there actually something to that? Is it does it not matter that you know for the last half of the season he actually didn't shoot terribly from three? It was negative. I mean, it was negligible volume, but it was closer to league average than you think. I think it was around 34% to 35%. And to me, that matters. But does it actually not really matter? In the terms of scheming, like here's the thing about scheming. It's not about one player. It's about everybody that's on the floor, right? It's like, who do I, who am I afraid of, you know? It, it, it helps if Giannis can dribble and pull up into a three, right? You're going to, you're going to defend him higher up. You're going to, you're going to pick him up. Your pickup point is going to be higher. You're going to meet him at the three point line. You know, if, if he can consistently do that, or if he can pull up for a mid range jumper. Um, but I honestly think my game plan would, would have still been the same, which would have been either. I'm just going to 
double and triple team him constantly and make it as difficult as possible and, and bet on these other guys not making shots, or I'm going to do it the other way around and go, Giannis is going to have to score 60 and not get tired. And, and, and I'm just not going to let any of the other guys get shots off. You know, I, I don't think it changes if he, if he makes three pointers or not. I, I, and I'm not trying to say he doesn't need a jump shot. He needs a jump shot. Everybody in the NBA needs a jump shot. It's just another threat. It's another tool in your toolbox that you need. And it, and it will change, you know, where the defense picks you up on. You know, if they pick you up higher, they pick you up lower. It, it kind of just changes your pickup points. But it may not necessarily necessarily change the scheme just because it's not just about Giannis. It's about Giannis and Bloodsoe's on the floor. I'd rather Bloodsoe shoot the ball. So I'm going to leave Bloodsoe open. You know, it's about, you know, if, if Lopez is on the floor, we're going to stay with Lopez. But, you know, where where can we double from? Where can we cheat? Or, hey, we're willing to bet Lopez can't make enough threes to beat us. So you know, we're, we're going to double off Lopez. Like it, 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 it's, that's kind of the thing that goes into scheming. It's, it's never just one person. Like when I say this is a schemable team, it's because it's the team and it might be because they play a certain style, um, or they play one way, which is, you know, what we have with a lot of teams. So I think the, the addition to a, a three point shot is going to help him and going to make him a better player and it's going to help the bucks and it's going to spread the floor out a little bit more, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that it, it, I'm not 100% sure it completely changes the outcome of the Raptors series. And so then it would be more important for them to get a, a, a more consistent playmaker. I don't want to say they're not going to get a different kind of star unless there's some type of Chris Middleton trade down the road or something that we can't foresee. So it's more important for them to get that extra layer of playmaking protection than it actually is for Giannis to, to shoot threes at a league average clip consistently. Yeah, because that just makes you harder to defend. Like if I – here's the thing. Like when you're going in and you're putting together a game plan, you know, like this is why the Warriors give you a headache, right? You're like, okay, we're going to do this, and this is how we're going to take Curry out of the game. Great. What are you going to do about KD? Shit, forgot about KD. Okay. We're going to do this, and we're going to take Curry and KD out. Okay. What about Clay? Fuck. Okay. Clay. All right. Shit. Like, uh, damn it. I'm just not going to bed tonight. Like, it's just one of those things, you know, it's, it's, it's a very challenging thing. And this is what, this is the stuff that keeps you up at night. It's, it's, can you play multiple different ways? Like, you know, Philly for all the, the problems they had with depth, they could have played several different styles and you had to figure out how you're going to defend several different ways in which they could play, which means you're not spending enough time into, into locking into one thing, you know, and, and, and it makes it harder. Um, you, you know, now they ran out of depth and just ran out of energy and, and they're a team that you definitely, they don't have enough shooting on the floor most of the time. So you're able to pack the pain and make things difficult, but if they start making shots, you're screwed. Um, it's a very different sort of thing. And that's where kind of scheming comes into it. It's, it's, I think if you add a playmaker to it, um, say they added drew holiday, uh, you, you know, now you're thinking like, cool. And then when Giannis kicks it out to drew holiday and we rotate over and drew holidays attacking a rotating defense, what are we going to do? You're sitting there and you're just like, Oh, that's, that's going to be hard. Like that's going to be tough. Okay. We got to figure that out. And, and the more things, the, the, the more stuff that you have to solve, the more problems you have to figure out, uh, you, you, you know, the harder it is to scheme for that team. And, and, and I think that's kind of, 
the the issue I've had with the Bucks all year. It's an issue I have with the Houston Rockets offense because they play one way. It's uh, it's it, to be honest, it's something I saw with Denver at times. You know, I said, you know, if you could find a way to take Jokic out, albeit not easy to do that, but if you can, there's a what do they do next? You know, and I think those are kind of the the questions teams have to figure out. So um, I guess just for me, like I. I'm more worried about teams that play one style, and that's kind of what the Bucks are right now. And there, if they want to get that extra playmaker, it's it, maybe it happens via trade. Definitely not the level of playmaker they need. It's not going to happen in free agency, regardless of what mid-level exception they're working with. Should they even spend it? And and they're out of swing pieces on this team. It's just unless you're just a big believer in Sterling Brown or DJ Wilson's not going to give you the playmaking or Dante DiVincenzo. Maybe Pacanotin, uh, Connaughton. I just don't. They they they're not going to have swing pieces, and now they've they're not going to draft one because they traded this year's pick. Next year's is probably going to Phoenix. They as of now will have two twenty two thousand twenty one, but won't have twenty twenty two. And at that point, we're reconciling where is Giannis playing. So it's it's hard to imagine them getting that player or anyone on the roster currently turning in to that player. Yeah, it's just it's just a tough spot, man. It's it's hard because like here's the thing, like I do I mean, I'd have brought everybody back but Bloodsoe, but they extended him, you know, and I was just and I was I had like a funny feeling in my stomach when I read the you know, the the Woj tweet, because that's how we always all get our news, right? It's mm-hmm. Woj or Shams. Um and, and I was just kinda like, ah oh, man, like I get he's having a good year, but this seems like this was too soon. Um and he, he, you know, I, I would have you know, and, and and been able to kind of try to see if I could do something different, you know, by by not bringing Bledsoe back. Um, but, yeah, they're going to lock themselves into this roster. And, and I just don't know if there's anything they can do differently, because um, you know what? You do need to bring Lopez back if you can. You have to bring back Middleton and Brogdon. Uh, you know, these are the guys you got to do it. And, and it's just it, it's I'm worried for them. It's just a tough situation. Like, I don't know what else to say. It's uh, I'm like a broken record at this point. But, uh, you know, they, they have obvious holes and, and, and once they lock into this and then they're paying the tax, you know, what's going to start, we're going to start to hearing, you know, a year or two later, it's going to be like, well, they, they owners, ownership doesn't want to pay the tax for a team. That's not going to win a championship. Okay. Well now we got to figure out what, what, what now we're going to make cost cutting moves, you know, and that becomes a problem for them. So they're, they're going to be in a tough spot. I mean, they're, they better hope guys like DJ Wilson develop into like phenomenal freaking players. There, I didn't mind the Bledsoe extension because it get, and it was like you said, it was probably skewed by just because he was having a good season, and it gave them a workable number to then move forward with when you have Middleton and Brogdon and Lopez entering free agency. I think there was value in not only that number, but also just knowing that that's what it was to map out a plan and. I guess you could. We talked about how the years matter. You can look at it as a three-year, sixty-six million dollar deal if you're willing to waive him. I think he only has three point nine million guaranteed in that final year of it. There, there's risk there, but I, I actually understood the decision at the time. Unless you know, you say you were willing to let him walk. Unless they were willing to let him walk for nothing, I think that I actually didn't mind it as much. Now, though. You mentioned the owners, whether or not they'll pay the tax. They definitely seem committed to being out of it by next year, which is what I, you know, they saved a few sh- uh, few coins, whatever you want to call it, this year with that Tony Snell and John Lohr trade. But now because you get out of Snell's salary for next year in 2020, 2021, it's in theory easier to stay under the tax after you 
re-sign everyone. This summer, as of now, I have them if they waive George Hill, carry holds for Middleton and Brogdon, but renounce uh, Mirtich. They're going to be at about $12 million in cap space. They can get to over 14 if they uh, waive all of their non-guaranteed guys. I actually think it's a problem if you need all of that money to re-sign Lopez. I was operating under the assumption all year that you just need to figure out a way to unlock the, the mid-level exception in its full, 9.2, 9.3 million, or at least have that cap space. But if, if you need to pay Lopez, and maybe you do, but he was really good, and he is really good. But if you need to pay him you know, three years and like $45 million or $50 million, that just that's an extension all of a sudden or a deal I'm all of a sudden worried about um as much, if not more so, than the Bledsoe contract. Yeah, and 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 I want it like the, the numbers for the Bledsoe contract are fine. It just it it's what it costs to keep him, but it's it it it, it was obviously it's 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 cap space you just don't have. And the Lopez thing, listen, it's it's just as shaky, you know. Um I'm always nervous of guys that have a breakout year in their free agency year. Like it just it just scares me because it's just like oh crap I I've seen it I've seen it with like guys like Tim Thomas um and and I I hope most of the fans listening who are still listening to the podcast are are uh, understanding of who Tim Thomas is but like you know he'd have a a great game here and there but he was never consistent and like his free he's the type of guy that has a big free year his the the contract year and then you end up signing him to a deal thinking like oh he's going to be consistent and then no he's just back to being Tim again. So it's, 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 that's the kind of stuff that scares me. I, I, I would be worried about how much, uh, Lopez is going to cost you. But the thing is also he made a big difference for that offense spreading the floor. So, you know, he matters. So you kind of just have to bite the bullet and, and, and hope it works out. Um, you know, so it's, it's a tough, God dang it. I just keep saying the same thing over and over again and I'm sorry, but well, I think it applies to this situation. It's just, it's just, a, it gets it's, tougher too. People have been talking about, well, then maybe they should stretch John Lord where you're paying him like, you know, $3.7 million or whatever it is over the next three years so that you can afford. It's, if you have to do all these things just to keep this team together, it, it's a really tough situation. And it's, and then, and then you're screwed because, you know, if you don't win, you're, 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 you're in this tough spot. Like you're just in the situation where like, listen, teams are gearing up now for 2021 cap space. Whoever strikes out now is going to start kicking the can for a year or two to make a run at Giannis. Let's just be honest here. This is this is this is what's going to happen. Oh, totally. Uh, you, you you know, and 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 if if Milwaukee isn't at a championship level, you know, there's there, and I get it, and and I'm a hundred percent sure he means it that Giannis says, "Hey, I want to spend my entire career here in Milwaukee. I love it here. I have no doubt he does." Two years from now, we're Say you 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 never get out of the the conference finals, he's gonna want to look around. You know, it's just it's just nature, human nature, and 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 this is the kind of thing that scares me. So it's it's the the amount of money you're gonna have to pay Lopez, the 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 max you're gonna have to give to Middleton, the fifteen to twenty million a year you're gonna have to give to to Brogdon to keep him. You know, all of that adds up, and then then you're going to look at it, and you're going to be like, "Man, we gave Eric Bledsoe a lot of money. <laughs> I, I wish we had that space." Or we're still playing three three million a year to to stretch John Lure. You know, um, like an underrated thing for the Lakers in the, in their quest for cap space. Well, dang, paying, baby, I think five million dollars. 
Like that's just something they can't do anything about it. That's just on their books. Um, you know, and, and, and so it's like the, the stuff you don't think about when you're in the situation of stretching guys is like, this is going to, this can come back to haunt us. And yeah, these, some of these pieces are movable, but like, you, you don't know what the league's going to look like in a year or two. So, um, I'm, I understand them running it back, but I just, I'm nervous. Cause I, I was nervous for them all year when every, when they were so dominant in the regular season, I just, I just never believed. And, um, you know, and, 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 and when they won up two Oh against Toronto, I was like, wow, okay, maybe I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, then, then Toronto just decided, well, let's just Fred Van Vliet had a baby and decided to have a superpower <laughs> and never miss a three again. Um, and, 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 and they beat him. So it's just kind of a, a, a challenging situation, you know, cause everything, every move they're making now is all with eyes on Giannis's free agency in 2021. And like, I'm sorry guys. Like I'm, I'm sorry, Milwaukee. I'm scared. I'm scared for you guys. I don't want him to leave Milwaukee. I like that. You know, he, he's, he loves it there and they're, they have this team, but like, if this is the roster they have two years from now and they don't win a championship, like, I think there's a strong chance he leaves. Like, I just don't know. Also looming over all this, though, and it's tied to Giannis's free agency, how do you not – again, it's you go all in because you want to keep Giannis Antetokounmpo, and what else – what other path is there other than basically keeping this core together? But look at what might happen in the East. If Kawhi does leave Toronto, as you predicted that he, he will, if Boston blows up like everyone expects it to, the Sixers could lose Jimmy Butler or – Tobias Harris, there will still be threats, and I would hazard that the Sixers seem like the least likely of of that bunch to to implode over the offseason, but it becomes so much more tempting to keep this together because if any one of those teams, uh, you could be, someone could argue them as the favorites in the East next year regardless of what happens, but if any one of those teams loses a key free agent or two, if Kawhi leaves Toronto especially, you're automatically on the fast track back uh not back but to the nba finals maybe and so it'd be hard to make any tough calls now especially if some of that stuff is happening around you and even if Kyrie goes to brooklyn maybe he brings kevin durant with him that doesn't really change the calculus for next season at least it would only be the year after that yeah i i, I mean the the east could be in a uh, it's just going to be an interesting situation the whole whole around it like Everything you talked about, like, you know, we, we don't know what the East looks like. If, if Kawhi leaves, like I think, the Bucks are going to be considered the favorite to, to win. Everybody's going to look at Philly. If they bring back Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris and J.J. Redick, they're going to look at them going like, and they're, and they're going to be the Bucks' biggest challenger. Boston's crumbling. We don't know what's going to happen in that situation. Um, Brooklyn with Kyrie, I'm not sure if that's a great idea, but... You it's know, not, but that's that's a different podcast. <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. But like, there's there's all these things. Like, they're going to be considered the favorite, and and that's the, that kind of having that label is is sort of dangerous too, because it's like if you're considered the favorite and you don't make it, you're considered failures. And I know that because I was with the Clippers, and you know there was the year where we were supposed to be the team to win it all um, when we went twenty or sixteen and zero and in in December and everybody was talking about us as contenders and we get knocked out in the first round. And, and you know what, like, you know, Vinny got fired and, and, and we were considered failures and, 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 and kills for it because we were, we were labeled fav, uh, favorites. So it's, it, it adds a lot of pressure to them. And it, it, it's just, it's going to be interesting going forward what this team looks like. 
and 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 how they build pieces around them. Like, does Dante DiVincenzo turn into a player? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he was he was fun in Villanova. Um, I enjoy Bomani Jones calling him White Dante on 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 uh, High Noon and on his podcast. But you know, I don't know if he's going to be a player. I don't know what Pat Connaughton is going to look like down the road. You know, I mean, they might wave him and they might not even be a buck. So who knows? Um, but I just don't the avenues of how this team improves. Like, I don't know if people are going to take on Bledsoe's contract after next season. You know, they will when it's an expiring or, or it's uh, the guarantee situation or a lot of it's unguaranteed. Then he'll be valuable. But Giannis might be gone at that point. And then you're, you know, like, who knows? So it's they're just in a, such a tough, delicate and tough spot because you have to pay Middleton. You have to pay Brogdon. You have to pay Lopez. Like those, at least those three guys. And and all and then and then just hope everything works out and falls in line because that's the other thing about winning a championship. You got to get lucky. You got to have luck in any any level. Every championship that has been won, there was a level of luck in that guy, that team winning a championship. And you know they might get lucky and they might not. Who knows? So that's kind of the the thing we're gonna have, that we're just gonna have to wait and see. Before we get to a quick game of stay or go to wrap up the Bucks, we have a couple mailbag questions that I've singled out from our listeners. The first one comes from Dustin at Fox Flyer, F-O-X-X-F-L-Y-E-R. Can the Bucks afford to bring back Lopez, Middleton, and Brogdon and still re-sign George Hill? I think the latter part of that is really the only question, and it mostly depends on what would George Hill markets be after he's waived. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one because he kind of revived his career a bit. Um LeBron you know, had to be watching that NBA Finals, like WTF. Oh, not, excuse me, the Conference Finals. Like the Conference WTF. Finals, yeah. right. I mean, like, I mean, he outplayed Bledsoe, you know? So I think, you know, I think there's going to be teams that are looking at him. I think, uh, I mean, shoot, Phoenix should look at him for a point guard, you know? Like, I think teams that are in need the of Lakers a Lakers should look at him, yeah. You know, like, there's going to be a demand for him. So I don't know if they're going to have the the money to bring him back. I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to match the, the offers that are going to come his way. Um, so uh, I know he has a good relationship with Bud cause they, they were together in San Antonio uh, for a long time as well. So there's, there's that, but I also just think, you know, you know, at a certain point, man, you just got to go get paid. And, and if they can only pay you this much and the other team can pay you that much more, you know, you get to see Bud twice a year or four times a year, however many times you play him, and give him a big hug because you got. <laughs> to um, but like you know, he he revitalized his career, so I think he's it's a tough situation. I think he's gone. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. I agree with you there. Ryan West asks at Ryan P West, what number is too much for the Bucks to match on Brogdon? And his max for our listeners' reference would be a starting salary of twenty seven point three million dollars. Which I'm not I mean, ruling out someone offering, FYI. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked, but I I sure as hell wouldn't want to match that. Um, you I wouldn't want to, but would you feel obligated to? I think you have to say no. I think if you're the Bucks, you just have to say no. I think honestly, I I have a hard time wanting to pay him twenty million. Um, so what's but the I number think, for you that you think? What's I think the number 20, that you would say no, and what number? I think they're prepping for at least $20 million a year offers. That's what I've kind of gotten from how this offseason has unfolded so far. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the offer. I, 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 20 is the cap. Like, 20 is the highest I go. Um, I, I, 
you can't give him a max slot. He's not a max player. I'm sorry. Like he's good, but he's just not a max. But you can't pay him the 27 million, which is the same that D'Angelo Russell's going to get, you know, like you, he, he's not that he's not as good as D'Angelo Russell, you know, and, and, and you just, you just can't pay him that. Like you, you, you just can't 20 million still high, but you that's what the market is. So I probably wouldn't go higher than that. Um, yeah, I was about to go nuts there, but yeah, 20 million is the highest I'm willing to go. What team could you see then throwing him the max and why is it the Kings? <laughs> it's not the Kings. It's Phoenix. We, we all know Phoenix is just doing crazy things and they're going to, they're going to throw him the max and he'd be a good fit in Phoenix. He's not going to be $27 million. Be a great, great fit in Sacramento too. I actually, I wouldn't be opposed to them doing that, but that would I be, mean, the, I'm just trying to envision what team Phoenix doesn't even would have to jump through all these hoops to get max cap space. Yeah. And then to throw it at a restricted free agent of all people who you tie up your cap space in and aren't even likely to get. If I were the Kings, I might consider it. That might mean that I'm not fit for an NBA front office, but I'm just trying to think of a team that could justify it. And they're one of the, maybe the Indiana Pacers, if they figure out a way to shed a little bit of salary while keeping Bogdanovich's cap hold, I think they can get to like 20 or 22 million right now. That's an offer that I think at least has to make Milwaukee think twice about. I, I honestly don't know where I end up on the number because for all the reasons that we just talked about, looking at what the East could be next year and maybe it ends up being Milwaukee's for the taking, I would be tempted to match a max offer if it came. All reports, though, have the Bucks having a number in mind that they'll walk away from. And my, I think I would, I think you're correct. I think it would end up being in that like 20 to $22 million range where if it goes beyond that, they might tell him to take a hike. Yeah. And, and, and the truth is too, Brockton fits anywhere. Like he's just a damn good, he's a good player. Um, he's just not a max guy. And that's, and that's, just, and, and to be honest, he's not a $20 million player. Uh, he's, he's just going to get paid that because everybody has cap space now, but, uh, he, he really isn't, worth that much but yeah maybe it's different if he's like 21 instead of what is he 26 and you yeah you can i mean bank on some up you can maybe not even bank on but say there's going to be upside so next year's I mean, gonna be his is, age 27 season which is crazy i mean this is who he is he's not going to be anything more than this um and, and, and there's so a good chance he'll be less he Last season watching him, it felt like I'd look up all the time and he'd have like these 17 to 20 point games. And I was like, I didn't even realize you were scoring that much, Mr. Malcolm right. Brogdon. You know, so that's that's a tough one. But uh, I, I think I I get queasy past 20 million. Time to wrap this up with stay or go. I'm going to count George Hill as a free agent, even though as of this recording, he is still on their books. George Hill, will he stay or will he go? He gone. Chris Middleton. He's staying five years max, and he should be thanking Giannis very much for that. That number, when you really say the number, five years and 190 million, that, that's when it really sinks in. I literally just like cringed when you said that. But <laughs> Nikola Mirotic, he's gone. Brooke Lopez, I've yet to disagree with you, by the way, which is why I haven't said anything. I, I, they're going to pay Brooke. Brooke's going to stay. Do you think he gets more than $12 million a year? If he does, it's not much more. I think he might get closer to like, he might get maybe maximum he'll get is 15. Um, But that's like 12 to 15 is where, where I think he, he ends up. No disrespect to Brooke Lopez. If that's the number it takes to keep him 
goodbye. I'll see. I'll, I'll see how much it costs to get Maxi Kleba out of Dallas as a restricted free agent. Just I'm not comfortable. I don't like to devalue bigs like that. And he was fantastic. He was really good on defense last year too. Even when he had to come out in space, sometimes I'm just that number terrifies me more than Eric Bledsoe's. Let me ask you this question: Who would you rather have, Lopez at that number, or would you want to go with a, a Dwayne Dedman who would come in at much less? Do you think he would come in at much less? If you told me Dwayne Dedman would sign for between nine and ten million dollars, I would pick Dwayne Dedman, and I wouldn't blink. Well, what do you think his market's going to be? You think Dedman's going to get a lot more? Maybe like a, I think he'll be in the same sphere or realm as Brook Lopez. Maybe a little bit less, but I don't know if it's going to be substantially. You think he's going to end up being like a mid-level guy? Yeah, I'm not. Huh. I'm evaluating I that independent of Atlanta too, where. The rumors from Sham Sharani of The Athletic was that they're considering a one-year balloon payment for him. I don't even think they have the flexibility to do that. They have his early bird rights, but it can't be this huge offer because of the contracts they've taken on. I could see a team, not over a – if someone gives him like four years and $55 million or just something like that, I'd be a little bit surprised. But a three-year deal worth 13 to $14 million annually, I don't see that – as a stretch, particularly with all this cap space lying around. Maybe it's different because of the direction that the league has trended in over the past few years, but he was actually a really good three-point shooter, not just from the corners last year, but above the break. And so he shot, 30, shot 38% from three. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, he was, he was really good. Yeah. So if you told me he's less than Lopez, I'm signing him instead of Brooke Lopez. I, 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 I I would check. Maybe 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 I'm off base on, on on thinking he'd be less. But I would if I was Brooklyn, I, or I'm sorry, if I was uh, the Bucks, I'd kick the tires real quick. Maybe one quick phone call at like six oh three. 2016 <laughs> has made it really hard to get a feel for this type of market because you brought it up at the beginning of the podcast. Have executives learned their lesson? Have they not? It, who's going to get overpaid? Are big still candidates to get overpaid when all we've seen is them getting squeezed in all these markets? It's really, I could just be at, maybe Dwayne Dedman ends up getting the taxpayers mid-level for all. I know, I could just be way off base. It's really tough to get a feel for what's going to happen, not only with destinations for the stars, but what these other guys, non-max guys, are actually going to fetch in free agency. Yeah, it's, it's God, it, the, it, here's the thing. It's, it's one of those phrases where, you know what, it only takes one asshole. <laughs> right. It, it, it only takes one team to really kind of just overpay and set the market for these guys. And then and then now they're the the other guys as agents are like, well, our guy's better than that. So he needs to get at least that or more. So it'll, it'll, it'll become interesting to see where that where that goes. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to watch what, what Lopez gets and what Deadman gets. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by those. The fi- at least there's no Brooklyn Nets team kind of skulking around that we know of right now where. They're responsible for the Crab, Tyler Johnson, and Otto Porter deals, right? Porter was 2017, but they're the team that levied those offer sheets. Yeah, I mean they're 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 the assholes, but yeah. <laughs> the final one, and this is just the Bucks have non guaranteed contracts. We already talked about Brown, Wood, and, and Connaughton. We have to. I, I think if they get waived, they're not coming back. But Brogdon is is he going to stay or is he going to go? I think that I think he's going to stay. I, I I just don't think anybody's going to go 25 million a year for him. I think even if they do, he's going to stay. I just, you basically made the case for me too. When you talked about all the concerns with Bledsoe, you don't want to pay Brogdon that money, but when you've seen Bledsoe wilt 
in the playoffs, not just once, but now in two consecutive postseasons, Brogdon is more than mission critical to what you're trying to do before Giannis Antetokounmpo has to make not just a Supermax decision, but let's say a free agency decision, even if he doesn't sign the Supermax. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just going to be crap. It's going to be tough. I don't know how many times I said that every time I say that everybody should have taken a shot. Well, they would all be what's beyond drunk, just absolutely plastered right now. And so if you have been drinking, we will allow you some rest. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This has been the Toronto Raptors and Milwaukee Bucks mega megapod with some Knicks talk sprinkled in. Please do not forget to follow the show on Twitter at Hardwood Knox. Mo is at Mo DeKeel underscore MBA at M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore MBA. I'm at Dan Favale, F-A-V-A-L-E. And Andy is at Andrew D. Bailey, spelled exactly like it sounds. This is a little moment of truth if anyone's been waiting for it, but I'm going to leave until next time, everybody with a shout out to the one, the only legendary Kyle Anderson. Mo, however. I am. First off, I'm giving a shout out to Dan for value for value. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I'm going to leave it to one of my favorites, Jalen Brunson, Mavs legend. There you have it. Congratulations, Jalen Brunson, on being Mo's obscure shout out at the end of every podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.